Hello, welcome to the Science Podcast. This week, our guest is Ying Wei, who is an expert in plastic for cables. And I'm doing this because Cully isn't here. Noah, do you have the 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 water and the oil and stuff ready again? Yeah, and what's it for? Cool. Um, right. Yeah. So I'll let I'll let Ying Wei just uh, just go ahead and uh, maybe introduce herself and talk us through the activity. Yeah, sure. So as um, Ian said, I work with plastics. So maybe it's a bit weird why are you doing this water and oil experiments? But you know, plastics do so many different kinds of plastics and what plastics are are basically something you call polymers so uh plastics are polymers and polymers are long molecules with other stuff in it and different polymers basically you know some of them like each other some of them don't but the ones that i work with don't like each other and it's a bit like oil and water so you're gonna try uh, do this experiment where you put the water and the oil together and then maybe you could stir it and see what happens if they start uh, making or if they just remain in their own world of oil and then the other part is just water. So you can try that and see what happens. You can mix them in a, what do you have, a, a, a cup, a, a, a bottle or what do you have? I have a cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. A cup of four. Cups. Mm-hmm. Do you have a do you have your video on to show us uh, your experiment? Is that the cup? <laughs> nice. So you have the oil on the left, the right, right? No, that yeah. And the middle one is was it empty? Yeah. So I get you can uh, put the oil in one of them. Oh, anyway, you can get the water into the to the oil. Does it matter? Doesn't matter. You just mix them together in in a cup. So you can add the water to the oil, or the oil to the water. Did you add also the, the soap into it? Yeah. So what you were, if you hadn't added the soap, then you would have seen that the oil and the water form actually two different layers, and no matter how hard you try to mix them, it will stay separate. But then now when you added the soap, they actually mix. So if you had only the oil and the water, you would have seen that you would have on the bottom just the water. And then on top, you have a layer of oil because they don't like to mix together. But then when you add the soap, the soap likes both the oil and the water, right? So in the end, the the soap, the oil and the water are able to mix together. So then you see this whole green the whole liquid is all green now instead of having different layers. Does that make sense? Kind of. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially, when you are making different materials, when I make different materials, I need to consider sometimes I, I like to mix different plastics together because I certain plastics have certain properties, like some something good, something bad. But then I like to combine them so that I can get the good parts of each one. But then the plastics that I use need to be able to work together in order to give the material I want. Because if they don't like each other, then I don't get what I want. 
So it's a sort of an, an analogy of what I do in my work where I try to uh, make different plastics work together to get the material I want. And I don't know if you read about my, I don't know, I think you got a profile or something with the, with the cables. I don't know if you read about that, but basically my, I mix the plastics to make a material inside the inside cables. I actually have some on my desk now. I can show you if you like. So, I mean, you, <clears throat> you use your iPad, your laptop, phone or things like that, and they all have wires, but those are super tiny. But I have like, this is a medium. This is much larger than your, I don't know, your, your charger for your, I don't know, phone or something. This is a medium sized one. And I also have an even larger one. It's kind wow. of, so they're your real size ones. This is not even the largest one, but this is huge. It's the size of almost the size. Wow. Of so the layer I work with is the white part. If you can see the white part. So the middle part is the sort of the wire. And that's also much larger than the normal <laughs> cable that you see in, in your charger. So yeah, this is huge and it's quite heavy as well. But you can also see there's so many different layers. So they're different, they have a different purpose, each of them. But yeah, the one I work with is the, you call it the insulation layer, the white part. I don't know if you have learned about that in school insulation. But uh, one of the things I do is to make a material of that white part such that it doesn't melt when the cable is hot because you know when the electricity passes through to give you your energy, the, the cable is gonna get hot. And then if it's hot, then the, the wire, the wire is quite heavy, it's metal, right? So if the, 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 the insulation starts melting, it's gonna become soft. And then your middle, the wire is gonna sink and then you destroy the cable. So it's really important that the material is able to stay strong even when it gets hot. Or like if uh, if a lightning strikes <clears throat> strikes the cable, it gets super hot, two hundred degrees more, or something like that. So for those, I mean, it's for a few seconds, but a cable needs to be able to tolerate high temperatures, basically, more so than your charger, <laughs> I guess. So yeah, maybe I didn't explain why this one is so so large, or like different from usual. But these ones are cables that you would find under the sea or under the ground. I don't know if you have them in Scotland. So you have those uh, power lines, you know, over the fields and stuff. You've probably seen that. So those ones, you don't need insulation because there's, there's air around it. So, okay, well, maybe, maybe, I don't know if you've seen this, but if a bird lands on there or some, or if a person touches that, they will get electrocuted, right? Uh, if you touch the wire. But then the ones under the sea or under the ground, you, ha you have this, I don't you can call it protection, I guess. So many layers around it. Uh, yeah, so that's what I've been working on so far in my, in, my, in my project for the past four years. So what kind of, what gets sent along the cables? Is it just electricity or like, is it country sharing power? or is it information that goes along the cables? I mean, there are all sorts of cables, so I don't know so much about the other cables, but the ones I work with transport electricity. And the purpose of these big, big, big cables is to transport the electrical power over super duper long distances. So you can connect 
okay, you can't like Gothenburg to Scotland, for example. I mean, we have maybe similar weather, so maybe it's a bad example. But for <laughs> if I have, if it's sunny here, you know, if it's cloudy now here, I don't know if it's sunny there, but let's assume it's it's sunny in Scotland now. Um, and then you have uh, solar panels in Scotland or solar farms. I have this bad weather, but if the electricity that you get from Scotland can be sent to me when I have this weather, that would be great. So, because you know, weather always changes. So you, it would be nice to be able to get power, electrical power from somewhere else when, when you are low on resources. Mm. And then there's also wind turbines in this at, out at the sea. So those are far away from where, where I am right now. So it's important that you have these cables that can transport electrical power over super long distances. And that's super important as well if you want to use renewable energy because they are usually, those wind turbines, for example, they're so far, far away. Um, so it's important to have efficient transport of electricity so you can have a heated, your heated homes or your my laptop to have the Zoom meeting. You need electricity as well. Everything <laughs> electricity, basically. So what's uh, what's like the most recent thing that you're working on? I mean, I basically always work with this insulation material, but I can show you some of the materials that I actually have been using. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the main materials used in the cables are actually oops, plastic bag. Plastic. I mean, it's not exactly it's the same polymer but you can the way you make the plastic will affect the properties or sort of a type of it's the same kind of plastic so this plastic bag plastic ldpe is uh is the main material for most cables but i tried to add another uh, material that is polypropylene and here you have this in the form of a takeaway box so why why do I mix them together? So this plastic bag, it works well for carrying your your shopping at room temperature, but then, I mean, it's not room temperature in the cable, right? So it's going to melt in the cable when it's operating. So I need to make it stronger at a higher temperature. And this uh, takeaway box or some other packaging that uses this poly, polypropylene polymer, it, it is harder to melt. So if you mix it together, you can get another material that is able to remain strong even when it gets hot in the cable. But the problem is that these two plastics are like the oil and the water, so they don't mix very well. So they kind of form their own cliques or something. They don't mix mix so well. So what I do is to mix the plastic bag, sort of, the plastic bag and the box together, uh, try to force them to mix together a bit like, instead of adding soap, I add some other stuff. And this stuff is sort of, um, if you have the, the box and the, and, the, and the plastic sort of forced together, it's hard to maybe explain just by audio. So I have a demonstration here. So if you have this plastic bag and the box and then you sort of fix them together, now they're stuck together, then they float around. And then this side likes the plas- uh, plastic bag side. And then this side likes the box side. Hmm. So essentially you get a material that uh, the plastic bags and the box makes better. I also have some other plastic things on my desk, actually. Not really part of my project, but there is a, <laughs> there is a Pikachu that was 3D printed. I don't know if you can see it. Ah, so do you have a 3D printer then? 
Yeah, we do have a 3D printer. It's not part of my project. It's my, my colleague made this for me. Ah. Basically, I wanted to show that my material can be melted because one way of recycling, uh, recycling is not really my project, but I learned a little bit about that. So one, one thing, one way to recycle plastics is by melting them again and then making a new, a new thing out of it. So I wanted to show that my material can be melted again. So in this one, you, I sort of melt the, my plastics into, this, into the 3D printer and then it comes out as this Pikachu. So this is one of my favorite little things that, that has been made from my project. Ah, we'll need to, we've got a 3D printer in our work, so we'll need to remember um, that we could make some Pikachus. Yeah, <laughs> this one is the failed one. Ah. <laughs> and then I have a Squirtle as well. It's a different plastic, but this one looks better. So my material probably isn't the nicest for 3D printing, but this, this one is the same. Uh, plastic that's used in, in Lego. Yeah, I really, I have this at my desk all, all the time. <laughs> so, see, for your, like, for the cables that are made, um, where do the companies get the plastic for that? Because you say you mix, like, say, the type of plastic that's in bags with the type of plastic that's in tubs. But do the companies that make the cables make plastic from scratch somehow or do they like do they get recycled plastic as well i mean right now they make it from scratch because they need mm, sort of the requirements for the cables are a lot more intense than for plastic bags so it has to be for example extremely clean otherwise um, there's a risk of the cable failing but in future hopefully they can it would be good if they are able to use recycled materials and there are different kinds of recycling. So I think in certain kind, there are, there are ways to get super clean materials from recycling, yeah. depending on which method. And I'm sure there are people working on all this recycling right now. So it will be really exciting to see what happens in the future because we don't really like getting so much continuously getting oil from the ground is not really yeah. ideal. So Yeah. We've had some other scientists on and other podcasts who have been designing new ways of making wind turbines mm -hmm. so that they are more efficient and can make more electricity. So mm -hmm. I think if that happens, then they probably need even thicker cables to carry the electricity possibly. I don't know. Mm, uh, maybe not thicker, but I mean, we are, I mean, my part of my project is to be able to facilitate uh, the power cables with higher capabilities. So then, well, I guess it then it can co accommodate those better wind turbines. So, but I don't think it's not just having a thicker cable. That's if you make it thicker, somewhat different things change. I mean, I'm not an expert on uh. the design of the whole cable, but uh, yeah, you have to engineer the different components, including insulation, to accommodate this more power coming in, coming to you from those turbines. But that's super interesting. That from the other podcast as well and then yeah. to my projects on my topic it is interesting it's all connected yeah, yeah. I, I don't know anything about the winter <laughs> uh, you'll have to listen back to some of our older podcasts yeah for sure <laughs> um, so what other things could maybe potentially go wrong with uh, cables in the sea 
you need to think about when you're designing the cables. Am I electrocution? Electrocution. And are people going to the beach? I mean, the cables are super, they are deep under the sea and they have many layers. So I think, I'm not really sure if this one is for, is for the under, no, I, I don't know if this was for under sea or under the ground, but those that are under the sea, they have very many layers. So they, lots of protection. So there's protection from, so it's unlikely to get electrocuted unless it's a real electrocute fish or people unless it's, uh, I don't know, severely damaged. I have not really heard from of people being electrocuted from these cables, but I don't want to speak for... No, you don't want to jinx it. <laughs> no, but I mean, there are, so, there are many layers. They're protected. So, for example, there's sometimes an armoring, so then it's very, it's harder to destroy the cable because that's sort of like a shield against... For example, in the sea, you have the ships, and the ships drop the anchor. So these anchors are huge, heavy things. So these cables are also designed to be able to handle that um, anchors dropping on them. I can tell you about another part of my project. So I told you that the material has to be, the insulation material has to be um, strong enough when it's hot. But then another consideration is that it can't be too stiff because when you have these cables, you don't have like this long stick and then you just, I don't know, it's thousands of kilometers, you don't transport, you don't have a super long lower truck or something to carry thousands of kilometers of this straight thing, uh, cable. So you actually have to roll it up. So the material in general has to be flexible enough so that you can roll it up into, into, into drums when you, when you put it underground or on the sea. Yeah, so that is important and that's also why we mix the plastic bag and the in the box because the box itself is too stiff or too brittle when it's too when it's especially when it's cold and also you know when you're laying cables you think i mean scotland can be quite cold maybe north of sweden i don't know then it gets extremely cold in the winter so you need to think about how how sort of practical is it to use these cables or lay these cables that in the different conditions in different parts of the world, different seasons and all that stuff. And uh, also maybe you were thinking that what if water gets into the cable when you go leave it under the sea, but I've, they have sort of materials to keep the water out. So that uh, has been designed into the cable so you don't get those unwanted things happening. So Noah, do you have any uh, other questions you can think of just now for Yingwei? Oh, what was the question? That's not related. What time is it for you in Sweden? Oh, sorry. Could you repeat your question again? What time is it for you in Sweden? Oh, what time is? Sorry, <laughs> half past five actually. So it's one hour difference. Uh, uh. Mm. What's all questions? <laughs> Any questions? That's oh, a good question. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I have, I have another thing to show you. My, my friend printed a Darth Vader. So that's a, my new yeah. in my collection. But, uh, I can also show you another another thing I have on my desk, which is uh, like plastics. Maybe you don't think about this rubbery things, but you can also make them kind of stretchy. And then that's uh, 
part of the cool thing with these plastics, you can change the structure of these molecules that are really small, and then you can get really different properties out of it. Mm. So it's like a rubber, I suppose. This is very rubbery. But it's also really soft. For example, you see that compared to something that is harder, and this is the same plastic that's in the, what do you call that? The boxes, the tubs, the packaging. That's the, the stiff packaging. But then when you mix them together, you get something else. So, or depending how you mix it, how much each one, whether they like each other, for example. Could, could you tell us maybe a bit about, um, because you're part of the, um, the kind of, it's called the Hair Story yeah. Scientist Project. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so could you tell us a bit more about like how you got involved in that and what it uh, and what that means to you as well? Yeah, sure. I mean, that was uh, it wasn't really. A... How did I even find out about it? I think it was sort of I mean, some different networks. So I'm interested in this sort of science communication. Yeah. Mm. Oh, Noah does have a question. Yes. We can answer I, that after. Maybe. Yeah, I can answer that after. So, yeah, I'm, I'm quite interested in talking about science in hopefully understandable ways to people who are not my colleagues. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so then I yeah, joined some networks and then I saw a post somewhere about this for story makers. But um, I, I have been extremely busy with my PhD. So basically, I finished it last Friday. So it's been crazy. So oh, I. Well done. Thank you. So um, I was, I kind of used an old video and then uh, I was quite happy with that video because it was sort of describing my project and I tried to add some jokes in it, which I thought was quite fun. So I thought it was a good opportunity to share some that work that I did. And also I filmed that in in the snow. I mean, in Scotland, I guess it's, it can be quite snow as well. But for me, so maybe this partly answers Snow's question. So I'm from Singapore and that is basically summer all the time, hot all the time. So it was very fascinating for me when it was extremely snowy. Um, and I think in Gothenburg, it's not always so snowy. And this year, I think many parts of Europe or in the world, it was extremely cold and snowy this, like the, the, the winter that just passed. So I thought there was a good opportunity to do, to film something in the snow there. And then I had sort of a joke where I was digging, digging out my plastics from the ground, but I could just bury it under the snow, which was much easier than like actually digging the, the soil. So that was a fun project. And I mean, yeah, I just thought it was a good opportunity to, to show, talk about my, to talk about my work. And yeah. And then the question about why am I in Sweden and not Singapore? That's because I am doing my PhD here in Sweden. It wasn't a, I mean, I didn't sort of plan my whole life like where I would be or whatever, but then I found this project very interesting. And then I met the people at my projects. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm studying here. That's why I'm that's why I'm here. I can't really do my project just via Zoom or like telling people to do mm -hmm. it in the lab while I'm in Singapore. So that's why I'm that's also that's why I'm in Sweden. And I think it's cool to explore different countries and I mean you learn different things it's not just about learning science 
I mean, life isn't just what you work with in so I mean it's been very it's, it's been interesting uh seeing like how different people live or things I was in the UK before so it's been uh, switching from culture to culture country to country and have you learned any Swedish to speak in Swedish I mean I try learning some so I know a little bit but it's very it's not very good mm. but in, in, in Scandinavia, people speak English pretty well, so yeah. it's, uh, yeah. it's harder to learn because you get so comfortable speaking English. Yeah, from what I've heard, Swedish is quite difficult. <laughs> I mean, it's not the hardest, it depends what you compare it with. Mm-hmm. I would say Swedish is sort of a mix of English and German because it's a Germanic language. So if I had learned German, then it would have been pretty easy for me. I mean, people from... I guess the Dutch also have it quite easy because they're fairly similar. But for me, it's harder. But I wouldn't say it's the hardest language. I would say German is harder with the grammar. I mean, Swedish has some weird grammar as well, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's not the hardest language, but it obviously still requires effort if you don't know German, especially. Mm-hmm. And also, I think German, because they're so similar to German and Swedish in some ways, some words, like, so I, I tried learning some German before because I did an internship in Germany. So when I started learning Swedish, I got quite confused because the words were so similar, but like a little bit different. And since both languages, Swedish and German, are new to me, then I always get them confused. So mm-hmm. that's kind of hard for me. So, yeah. And to answer your question, Noah, uh, Singapore is in Asia, not in Europe. Yeah, people in Sweden do speak their main language or their language is Swedish in Sweden. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Scandinavian languages can be pretty similar. So maybe, I mean, it's different parts of the country is different. And there's like Norwegian and Swedish people can usually converse with each other in their languages, but maybe get a bit confused with certain words because it's slightly different, mm-hmm. for instance. So I think that's also pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, also within Sweden, they have different, so what do you call that, accents? Same yeah. as UK, so even though it's the same country, you can be a bit confused. Some, some of the language in Scotland and even yeah. in parts of England, I think, is derived or comes from Scandinavian as well. Which, which ones? Um, well, I mean, I think like Shetland islands were originally like kind of I think the Vikings were on that island uh-huh. and invaded some parts, other parts other islands I think mm-hmm. uh, certainly they, they, were in, they invaded York in England as well mm. um, so yeah I think there are words that, have, that are quite similar, some words that are similar in a lot of these languages I know that uh, even Icelandic has mm-hmm. some similar words. Like the word we say in Scotland, the word for house, we say mm-hmm. hoose, and hoose <laughs> is also, yes. I think, yeah. So yes. there are some words like that that are the same. Mm. Well, that, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I could definitely, I know the word of, for house in Swedish, at least now I can confirm that. Yeah. <laughs> 
And there are there are examples, but I can't think of what they are on, off the top of my head. But I also got like example the house house. Mm -hmm. I think one of the questions that I guess that I get asked quite a lot about me being in Sweden is like, is it dark all the time? Is it super cold? Is it, is it? Um, but I mean, I don't live up north in Sweden, so I think I'm about similar level as Scotland. So probably I have similar mm. weather and uh, everything with as, as you. Yeah. But uh, I don't. But maybe it's cool that there's some like moves moves around. There is. Yeah. So maybe it gets darker a lot earlier um, in <laughs> this part of the world than it does in Singapore. Yeah, for sure. Compared to Singapore. <laughs> is on the equator there are no seasons and it's the same throughout so what do you prefer do you prefer having seasons and changeable weather or do you prefer or do sometimes you get sick of the cold and you just want to be back where it's nice and warm all the time but sometimes it's too warm as well so i mean i guess it's nice to have change and then what's important is basically you have the right clothes or like planning yeah i don't know if this is a swedish thing i think it's a swedish thing they say that there is no bad weather, only clothes for mm. the weather. So you don't blame the weather, you blame your clothes. Only bad clothes, yeah. <laughs> it's a good way of thinking, so... Yeah. Uh -huh. you, make, you make do with what you have and make the most out of it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's a bit like cables. You need to protect the cables, you need to protect yourself as well. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> protect from the rain or... Yeah, mm -hmm. rain. or maybe the snow as well. Mm. Uh, I guess pricey with the right shoes so you don't fall, but you probably will fall. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe it's the same in Scotland. Probably quite similar. So after you now you finished your PhD, mm -hmm. um, what plans do you have for the future? Yeah, so I mean this is not confirmed yet, but most likely I'll be working on packaging, like sustainable packaging. So it includes recycle make using more recycled materials or making products that are more easy to recycle because i i mean that's something that is very interesting for me um to i mean this plastic pollution is is everywhere in the news everyone knows about it and i mean it's it's horrible so uh i hope i can contribute to that in some way and i mean i i work with plastics now and as i said i work with the plastic bag plastic and the packaging plastic already so I guess that's a good starting point to get involved in this sustainable packaging stuff. And I think it maybe sounds silly, but packaging also sounds pretty, I don't know, fun because it's like more colorful and then you see it in the shop. So if my if something I make actually ends up in the shop, it's pretty satisfying, I would say. Yeah. Because <laughs> even if it actually becomes a product, it's it's under the seal under the ground. I don't I can't say I made that, but you have to imagine. I'm really looking forward to to my new to my new my next stage of the plastic life of plastic life. <laughs> yeah, that sounds interesting, and that's good that um, when you study something in science, mm -hmm. uh, you can have multiple or lots of different paths from that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know if I haven't. If, I didn't really introduce myself, but. Um, <laughs> When I, I mean, actually, I moved to the UK when I was 16 and actually I went to music school. Oh. So uh, it's a big detour. So 
So, I, okay, before that, I went to art school in Singapore, then I went to music school in the UK, and then I went to study chemistry. I didn't do, I didn't learn a little bit about this plastics, but not, not so much in detail. So when I came here to do my PhD, it was sort of starting from scratch again, sort of. So I've been doing kind of many turns, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. You have new, you have different perspectives from the sort of unusual background that different people have and they can offer different things. So I, I think it's a good thing that, that you don't go the normal way. Not saying the norm, there's no normal way. It's just, I'll just uh, sort of follow what, so I'm the sort of person who just goes with the flow in a way because you can't really control everything and, and you always learn something from whatever experience you get. So I don't think it matters so much if uh, it's a bit unusual the way you choose in the end. There's sort of, if you look back, they sort of, you can come sort of connect the dots and then they, I mean, your, your experience always shape who you are uh, ultimately. And then you was, I mean, this is an ongoing process, but then you will see how seemingly unrelated experiences end up helping you in your future work. Very interesting. Hopefully people listening to this will find that inspiring as well. Because um, when, you're, when you're very young, it's sometimes uh, a little bewildering to think how your life might turn out. But it's good to hear from people that are just got that little bit of experience. Yeah, I mean, I can say it was quite hard for me. I couldn't decide what to do because, I mean, I like chemistry and I like music. So I was stuck with that for a long time. And I mean, I, a, yeah, sorry. There's a contra joke. Okay. What happens if it rains in Singapore? What happens if it rains in Singapore? You'd be Singaporean. Ah, very good. <laughs> brain for this puns. <laughs> yeah, I th we all, we all think uh, Noah's going to turn out to be a good stand-up comedian one day, yeah. and also maybe a scientist. You can be both. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, if we just say thank you to Yingwei for our time and sharing all her knowledge with us. Yeah, I mean, uh, thanks for letting me join you. It's been fun. Goodbye. Good night. Thank you for listening.